Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 350 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. This episode is going to be a little different today. Uh, there's not much happening in the sports world that I feel like talking about, to be completely honest with you. Um, but I wanted to do something, and I wanted to get, you know, I, I wanted this to be... I talk on this podcast, I talk on this platform two days a week, you know, most of my episodes are over an hour, so needless to say, I do a lot of talking, I mean, hell, this is episode 350, that means 350 times I have stood in front of a microphone and gave my unpopular opinion about sports, and <laughs> there have been times that I've just been flat out wrong with my opinions, like flat out wrong. <laughs> it was like not even close to being being accurate. Now, again, there are a lot of sportscasters and a lot of podcast people that, especially sports podcasters, that are wrong about things and never really come back and talk about it, never really come back and say, hey, I was wrong. Uh, this episode... I wanted to <laughs> talk about some of my worst takes, like some of my takes that I it was just drastically wrong. Now, some of these takes were on the podcast and some of these takes obviously were not, but these these what these takes that I have, I stood pat like I I, were, I was dying on this hill. Now, again, obviously it came around and I was wrong and I realized I was wrong. But, uh, yeah, man, this episode is pretty much going to be me clowning my some of my just truly horrendous takes. Uh, I have let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, I have four basketball takes and four football takes. Let me start with the basketball takes. Which one am I going to get to first? <laughs> All right. Remember 2014, and uh, this was before the Golden State Dynasty, before the 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 real iterations of Golden State that we know and that we kind of affiliate ourselves with began. The run really begun in 2015 when they won their first championship, and then it just took off from there. But in 2014. There was a report that came out saying that there was a trade on the table for or with Golden State and the Timberwolves. And Clay Thompson was going to be traded for Kevin Love. And of course, it never happened. I, again, this was before the Splash Bro. I mean, the Splash Brothers was a thing, obviously, but it wasn't. It didn't gain traction as much. The Splash Bros weren't really. It was just two great shooters. Yes, Steph Curry was good. Yes, Klay Thompson was good at the time. But when I heard there was a trade offer, Klay Thompson for Kevin Love, I was. I don't think y'all remember. <laughs> I don't think y'all remember how good Timberwolves Kevin Love was. Not only could he shoot threes, but he was. He was like six. Nine six ten, so he was kind of an undersized big, but 
he was one of the best rim or rim to the, or back to the basket players, one of the best rim or uh, rebounders, one of the best outlet outlet specialists. He was t- and, and don't get me wrong, Kevin Love still ended up having a great career, won a championship in uh in in Cleveland. But I was, I was, I stood on the table and said, yo, that trade needed to happen. I understand that the Splash Bros is a cool name and a, and a, and a, and a, and a cool slogan. And don't get me wrong, I liked Klay Thompson and I liked Steph Curry together, but I was so, I think this is also around the same time where bigs were still a thing. And while, yes, bigs are starting to have a resurgence and they're starting to come back and starting to be more or more important than they have been in the last few years when we talk about Nicole Jokic and, and Joel Embiid. But this was when bigs were at a premium. You had Dwight Howard. Uh, you had, prime, even though he was more of a lob guy, but you had prime DeAndre Jordan. You had Paul Gasol still doing his thing. I was big on bigs. I mean, I think probably at around 2014, uh, Dwight Howard was still one of my favorite players. So I was like, yo, Steph Curry and and Kevin Love would be great. Boy, oh, boy. Imagine if that would have happened, yo. <laughs> Imagine if that would have happened. Probably never would have. You know, probably. We never would have got a game six clay. Pro- Golden State probably wouldn't have won. The championship in 2015 they probably wouldn't have even been to the nba finals in 2016 they probably wouldn't have won 17 or no 73 and 9 or probably wouldn't won 73 games we definitely wouldn't i don't think we would have had the 37 points in one quarter uh clay thompson but again i was wrong <laughs> i was drastically wrong because again People forget how good Kevin Love was. People think that, you know, the Kevin Love that played with LeBron James in Cleveland, while he was good, don't get me wrong, that was not the best Kevin Love we've seen. And these are for the younger people, obviously, that maybe didn't really pay attention to to basketball back in 2014. Damn, which now I think about it is almost 10 years ago. Wow. 2014 is almost 10 years ago. I am getting older. <laughs> but, yeah, I was on that, yo, you need to do that. Bigs were still at a premium, and Kevin Love was one of the best bigs in the league at this time. And and while Klay Thompson was good, he was one of the more emerging stars at the time. I don't think that the, the household name Klay Thompson didn't really become a thing until maybe the end of 2014 uh, don't get me wrong. Again, Clay Thompson was still good, but he wasn't. At this time, I think Kevin Love was better. Uh, and I was, I was so yo. This needs to happen. That needs to happen because if it doesn't, like, come on now. That again, I was that much of a fan of Kevin Love. I thought Kevin Love was gonna be the. the I mean, again, Timberwolves. Kevin Love was incredible. People, people don't understand. But he, I think he had a 30-30 game. No, Dwight Howard, 30-30 game. I think he had like a 20. He, Kevin Love was was Kevin Love. Like, let's let's be real here. Timberwolves, Kevin Love was a monster. But, I'm again, if I would have got my way, the trade would have happened. 
probably would have never got the dynasty that is Golden State. And honestly, that would have done a lot of things because you probably wouldn't have won a championship in 2000 or Cleveland may not have ever won a championship in 2016. So I don't know. <laughs> that would have been crazy, though. But yeah, I was I was wrong on that one. I was wrong on that. Again, these are these are takes that I've had and 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 things that I felt, things that I believed that thank God it didn't come to fruition cuz if it would have came to fruition, then the whole sports world, I would have been the the whole sports world definitely would have changed. Like like drastically. So yeah, this is an episode of me just just telling where I was wrong at. This is yeah, that was that was that was on me, or I, I was wrong about that episode. The next one I have, and let's stick with go. Let's uh, let's let's stick with Golden State for a little bit. And the only reason, and this is, I'm talking about Kevin Durant. There was a point where I was. more interested in offense than I was defense. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy offense a lot more than I enjoy defense. I think everyone does outside of a select few. And, yes, I understand that defense wins championships. That's kind of the argument that's going on right now between KD and damn near the whole Twitter space. Um, But it's not – KD has been one of my – favorite players and I am very high on Kevin Durant as far as his offensive repertoire his offensive game I think Kevin Durant will go down and I think he is currently one of the greatest offensive weapons we've ever seen I think that when you're building the perfect build of an offensive player a lot of the attributes that you would take to build that player, you'd get from Kevin Durant when we talk about the height, when we talk about the shooting ability, when we talk about the handles. You don't go you, you don't get much like you if you outside of of course the size. Kevin Durant would be the prototypical perfect offensive player. So where was I wrong at? For the longest, if you ask me, I I kind of kept this to I kept my feelings about this to myself but for the longest I was always on the Kevin Durant is better than LeBron James like train again I was so enamored with the offense and while yes I do still feel how I feel about Kevin Durant offensively and I think that he's one of the best and one of the greatest offensive players we've ever seen I was one of those players, man. I was, or one of those people. I thought that, um, <laughs> I thought that Kevin Durant was better than LeBron James. I was, I was always like, well, Kevin Durant, if he played along, you know, if he had some of the breaks that LeBron James had, I kept saying that. Like I, I said that a lot. I was like, if he had some of the breaks LeBron James had, I mean, LeBron James played with Dwayne Wade. He played with Chris Bosh. He played with Kyrie Irving. He played with Kevin Love. He played with Anthony Davis. You know, I was one of those people. <laughs> and I'm like, who did Kevin Durant play with? All he at the time, all he played with was, you know. A, a, a Russell Westbrook and we see how Russell Westbrook is and you play with a, a James Harden and we see how James Harden gets in the playoffs and even even with all that Kevin Durant still made it to the NBA championship like 
I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I was aggressive with it. I was aggressive with it. Now, this was also me being more of a, and, and what you'll see with a lot of these, a lot of these ideas that I had that obviously were wrong. My fandom came out, you know, uh, the next one is going to be a, a major one with, you know, my being a fan. But my fandom came out and I was I was uh, I was I, I let my fandom overtake logic. You know, there should be nobody, even Kevin Durant's camp. I'm sure there should be nobody thinks that Kevin Durant is better than LeBron James. Now, yes, I think Kevin Durant is a better offensive player than LeBron James. But if we're talking about all overall Ain't no way. LeBron James is widely considered one of, if not the greatest basketball player of all time. Kevin Durant's not in that boat. Kevin Durant, I mean, people still argue if Kevin Durant's in the top 10. Nobody argues outside of the old heads if LeBron James in the top 10. Like, people think he's the greatest, the GOAT. You know, I was obviously wrong about that. <laughs> but, but again, think about that, man. Look at the run that Kevin Durant was in. Like, he won the cha- he not championship. He went to the NBA Finals when he was what, 2012, yeah, 2012. You know, won the MVP. He was he was putting up numbers, scoring champ. He just he just I was just on that Kevin Durant boat. And while yes, I do think that Kevin Durant is still great, and Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. That's LeBron James. And if you would have asked me, probably upwards of. Couple probably upwards of 2000, I'll say maybe 16 or 17. Probably after LeBron James won the championship when he came back from 3 1 against Golden State, I had to reevaluate some things. And I was like, wait, even with Kevin Durant, you know, going to Golden State, which that has also been a big topic on the Twitter spaces these days. Um, I, I, I it was hard for me to, you know, that's – to do something like come back from 3-1 against – now, I understand the circumstances as far as Draymond Green and, and Bogut getting hurt. I get that. But, uh, yeah, no, I I had to really sit and think, like, wait, have I been wrong this whole time about LeBron James and Kevin Durant? And obviously I have. I, I was wrong. There was no way – there was not a – there has not been a time where Kevin Durant has been better than LeBron James, except maybe right now. And that's because LeBron James is going into year, what, 21? So, and and actually maybe the last few years. But again, LeBron James is in year 18 up. But I was talking about in LeBron's prime and Kevin Durant's prime, I was always on Kevin Durant's band and LeBron James. I was wrong. <laughs> Drastically wrong. Um, I'll give you another one. As people know me, they know who my favorite sports athlete is of all time. That is Allen Iverson. I mean, hell, I have a whole Allen Iverson tattoo on my arm. I was a huge Allen Iverson fan. I will still, to this day, go down and say that Allen Iverson is at least top five uh, influential players in basketball history. There's 
when we talk about how the game is played, when we talk about how the game is viewed by 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 fans, when we talk about how the game is promoted, even by the NBA, a lot of that is rooted in Allen Iverson. A lot of that is rooted in how Allen Iverson uh, carried himself as a player, how he carried himself as a as a as a figure, how he carried himself as just a person. You cannot when when we talk about the fashion, when we talk about just the provi- the the bravada, the the confidence in the NBA. A lot of that is is due to Allen Iverson. So, Allen Iverson was probably when I when I first started watching basketball, uh, and people also know the basketball is my favorite sport. I like the I was I couldn't I couldn't help it <laughs> I couldn't help it. Um, People know me know that basketball is my favorite sport. And one of the very early memories that I have watching basketball was watching Allen Iverson and those 76ers teams and and just being enamored with it and, and being being mesmerized by this. At the time, I was I was shorter than a lot of people. I mean, I did hit a mean growth spurt, but this, you know, short athlete just destroying people with the cornrows i i mean when i was younger i i told my mom and i, I wanted cornrows i tried to get the the cornrows i was in the little doo-doo ball phase and um it didn't go too well after that i never got to the cornrow phase i never even got out of the doo-doo ball phase like once i saw that in my head and my mom saw that it was a wrap <laughs> it was he was like no you're getting this cut tomorrow uh so I never really got to the cornrow phase, but I wanted cornrows bad. And um, Allen Iverson was just a big part of my life. And he, I, I can, I can, I can say that if it wasn't for Allen Iverson, I probably would not not only watch basketball and care about basketball as much as I do now, but. I probably wouldn't care about sports as much as I do right now. I mean, hell, I work in the sports industry. I have a sports podcast. That's a lot of that is due to Allen Iverson. So I thank you for that. So where does where where does my bad take come in? And again, a lot of these bad takes are rooted in fandom. Again, I just gave you a whole soliloquy about my love for Allen Iverson and his game. But the bad take was I was always an Iverson dude, and meaning there was there was always a sector of of basketball, and there was always a, a a fan rivalry of basketball, and it was the Kobe Bryant fandom and the Allen Iverson fandom. A lot of people, if you if you talk today, a lot of people will say oh, I was a Kobe guy or oh, I was an Allen Iverson guy, and when they say that, usually that means that they didn't really like or care about the other side. Meaning, if you were Allen Iverson guy, you really weren't that much a fan of Kobe Bryant growing up. You respected Kobe, but you weren't that much of a fan of Kobe Bryant. Same thing if you were a Kobe Bryant guy. You really weren't that much a fan of Allen Iverson because, I mean, on the court, they would butt heads a lot, and they were just fierce competitors. I mean, 2001, Allen Iverson took the the 76ers to the NBA Finals going against the vaunted LA Lakers, and he they won game one. You know, it, it was a rivalry. So, I was an Allen Iverson guy. Meaning, forever, I would always say that Allen Iverson was better than Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, of course, to the great Kobe Bryant. I was always, Allen Iverson is better than Kobe Bryant. 
plain and simple. Like there was absolutely nothing you can tell me about about uh about Kobe being better than Allen Iverson. It was always another reason. Like if Allen Iverson was the same height as Kobe, he'd be better than Kobe. If Allen Iverson played with Shaq, he'd be better than Kobe. If Allen Iverson played for Phil Jackson, he'd be better than Kobe. We all know Larry Jack, Larry Brown isn't that good of a, like I would go. It was like if you asked me, if you talked to me, you'd think that I hated Kobe Bryant, and I didn't. I was just an Allen Iverson guy. I was loyal to my fandom, <laughs> like. Now, obviously, I was wrong. Kobe is obviously better than Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson would say that Kobe is better than Allen Iverson. Um, it is what it is. Uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, again, I, I just let my fandom talk. And don't get me wrong. Rest in peace to Kobe. I, I, I was a fan of Kobe. Kobe was great. Kobe will go down as one of the all-time greats, obviously. Um, and this was it was no disrespect to Kobe, but because I was such a loyal fan to Allen Iverson, I would always say Iverson was better than Kobe Bryant. And that doesn't mean that Iverson obviously didn't have a great career. Again, I just gave a whole uh, lecture about how great and how important Iverson was to just the game of basketball. But a lot of, I mean, Kobe Bryant is also, again, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant is also incredibly important to the game of basketball, uh, whether he's here or not, you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, I was wrong on that, bro. I was, I remember, I remember, um, if you go back to a lot of my early pictures, uh, if I can find them, I'll put it somewhere on the screen. Uh, sorry, my listening audience, but... Almost, I always had a, a Allen Iverson jersey. I still have an Allen Iverson jersey. I have two Allen Iverson jerseys right now. Uh, and I remember fiercely back in uh, back in Waldorf, Maryland, fiercely debating with people about how Allen Iverson is drastically better than Kobe. Like, I remember my argument was always, well, imagine if Kobe was on that Sixers team. Do you think that Sixers team would have made it to the finals? Huh? Do you think that Sixers team would have made it to the finals? Like, I, I remember I would always say that. <laughs> which, which, in hindsight, I, I honestly do believe if the roles were reversed, meaning if those that 76ers team had Kobe Bryant in, this, in the Lakers team had Allen Iverson, I do believe that the same outcome would happen, meaning... No, actually, no, I don't. I don't think that Kobe Bryant would have been able to carry that Sixers team to a champion or to the NBA Finals. And I also think Allen Iverson playing alongside Shaq, they probably would have won a championship. However, that does not negate how great Kobe Bryant was. That does not negate and that does not strengthen my argument in saying that Allen Iverson is a better player than Kobe Bryant. He is not like that's once you mature, you know, once you get older and you start looking things through a, a, a more mature lens and you start looking at things through a more um, objective lens. I was I was I was obviously wrong. Like it's there's there's there. I was wrong. <laughs> it, it, it was it, it wasn't. Um, 
it wasn't it wasn't nothing to fight about. I was I was wrong. Uh Kobe Bryant is 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 dra- drastically better than Allen Iverson. That's no disrespect to Allen Iverson obviously, but yeah, Kobe Bryant is 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 much better than Iverson. So, I mean, f- not not just five championships would 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 would, you know. One person has five, one person has zero. One person has been to the NBA finals six times, one person has been to the um or wait, yeah, no, he's been to NBA Finals seven times. Yeah. One has been to the NBA Finals seven times, one has been once. So, yeah. And again, Allen Iverson still go down as my favorite player of all time. But a spade is a spade. And uh, Kobe Bryant was much better than Bubba Gump. So, uh... I'll give you my I'll give you one last uh basketball take. And this is probably my most egregious one. Y'all remember the 2015 draft? Let me just name some people that were in this draft. Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, or people that, that have, I guess, some merit in the league now from this draft. Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, uh Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, Devin Booker was drafted 13th. Kelly o- Kelly Oubre was drafted. Um, Bobby Portis, he's an NBA champion, obviously. Kevon Looney, multiple-time NBA champion. Uh, Mont- uh, Monte- Montrez Harold. There, there, there were some people in this draft, you know what I'm saying? Uh Oh, the Harrison twins. Remember them? The Kentucky Harrison twins? They were drafted. Yeah, man. There were some there were some people in this draft. And Miles Turner. Jalil Okafor. Remember Jalil Okafor? Led Duke to a national championship with uh Quinn Cook. There were people in this draft. And one thing about drafts that you know is people, of course, like to predict. The draft is a place where you predict who was right, who was wrong, who's going to go high, who's going to go low, who's going to be the sleeper of the draft, you know. And going into it, everyone they mama knew, Carl Anthony Towns is the number one overall pick. Everyone. <laughs> there was not a person on this earth that thought, that, well, there was not a person that, were, that was engrossed in the draft that thought to themselves, Anybody else, even though D'Angelo Russell was great at Ohio State, don't get me wrong, Jaleel Okafor, like I said, he was great as well. He led the Duke, or he led Duke to a national championship. Um, Stanley Johnson from Arizona was really good. Frank the Tank Kaminsky, uh, he led Wisconsin to a national championship. They didn't win, but, you know. Uh, It was... That's that's what drafts are for, and I remember, and I and and to this day, this is probably my absolute worst basketball take. Now I've had some bad ones, like I said. I thought, hell, back in 2013, actually, back in 2013, I thought that Michael Carter Williams was going to be better than Giannis, and obviously, so did the so did the Detroit Pistons because they drafted him at eight, and Giannis was drafted at fifteen. 
and especially after Michael Carter Williams won the rookie of the year, I was like, oh, yeah, Michael Carter Williams is definitely going to be better than Giannis. In fact, think about that draft, yo. Michael Carter Williams went at, went before uh, Stephen Adams, Giannis into the Kumpo, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Rudy Gobert. Oof, Jesus Christ! Like, those those are, those are some names, man. Kelly Olynyk, even though you know, damn. <laughs> I was I was I was one of those people that thought that Reggie Bullock, North Carolina product. I was one of those people that that Michael Carter Williams was gonna be better than Giannis. I was obviously drastically wrong, but one of my worst takes. That's not even that's not even the worst one, and, and this is where I'll leave basketball. <laughs> one of my absolute worst takes came from the 2015 draft. I don't know if you guys remember how scouted how touted how um how highly praised Emmanuel Moutier was especially when you saw the route that he took to get to the NBA he didn't want to go to college was one of the first players to go I think straight from high school to overseas like he he was 6'5". He was a, a, a big guard. And this was, he was one of the first players where I got hooked. And he was, Emmanuel Moody actually was a very good life lesson for me when we talk about evaluating basketball. Emmanuel Moody was one of the first players I've ever, I've ever solely based an opinion off of because of his highlight or his hoop mixtape and his highlight tape. Now, yes, he didn't have the best highlight tape. We know John Wall had better highlight tape. Austin Rivers had one of the greatest highlight tapes. Um, but Emmanuel Moutier was one of the first players I based in my entire analysis on because of his highlight tape. Like I didn't, I didn't care about. You know how they have pros and cons, strength and weaknesses. I didn't care nothing about the cons. I'm like, I don't see that in a highlight tape. Not realizing that it's a highlight tape. You know, it is it is a highlight tape. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that, of course, you're not going to see in the negatives because or you're not going to see any negatives because it's a highlight tape. It highlights your strengths. So no one's going to put. I mean, if you think about it, bro, <laughs> think about that. For people that still, like, base their their opinions uh, mainly off of highlight tape, think about when's the last time you've seen a player, like, their highlight tape? When's the last time you've seen them miss? If you watch somebody's highlight tape, you think they go 100 for, you think they go 100% from the field their entire high school career. Like... But I digress. Emmanuel Moutier was probably the first and only player that I based it, I based my opinion solely on their highlight tape. So why am I saying that this was the most egregious? Again, it, it was a windy road to get Emmanuel Moutier to the draft. And on top of that, he had more he had more film. 
outside of his highlight tape because his highlight tape was only his high school. We didn't look at you know the overseas or you know the 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 prep academy. Like we didn't look at none of that. I didn't look at none of that. I just looked at the mix, the hoop mixtape. Not the fact of. Well, everyone is saying that he's not that good of a shooter. Everyone's saying that even at 6'5", he's not that good of a defender. Everyone's saying that he, of course, dominates against younger uh, younger athletes, which older, more experienced athletes are supposed to do. But when you get to players maybe his age and players maybe his height and players maybe maybe more advanced as far as basketball players, and he struggles mightily. All these, all this was 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 projected and said about Emmanuel Moutier before the draft. But that damn hoop mixtape, man. <laughs> Not only that mixtape, but I looked at that six five, and well, yes. Not all, not all six five players are the same, but. I was looking at a six five guard and I was I was trying to I was kind of putting him I don't know why I did this man. <laughs> I was kind of putting him in the same boat as I put a Penny Hardaway, as I put a Magic Johnson. I know, I know, I know Magic Johnson's hard than six five. I know, I know. But my take was this. I know I'm I'm going the long way to get to a short point. My take was I thought Emmanuel Moutier not only should have been the number one overall pick in 2015, I thought that Emmanuel Moutier was going to be a top 10 player his first year. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me tell you what the NBA looked like in 2015. Let me just, let me just give you some players. Uh, <laughs> let me give you some players. In, or, or let me give me some stats in 2015. In 2015, right? Golden State Warriors obviously was 65 and 15. The Trailblazers was 51 and 31. Oklahoma City was 50, was 45 and 37. Uh, the Houston Rockets was 56 and 26. Atlanta Hawks was 60 and 22. Cleveland Cavaliers was 53 and 29 um uh, Kobe Bryant still in the league um it 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 was it was you know yeah Steph Curry won the uh MVP Andrew Wiggins won the rookie of the year Kawhi Leonard won defensive player of the year Jimmy Butler won Most Improved. Lou Williams won Sixth Man of the Year. You know, Kyrie Irving was going crazy. This is James Harden scored or scored the most points in the NBA two twenty two or two thousand two hundred seventeen, while Russell Westbrook led with points per game had twenty eight points per game. You know, this was 2016 or 2015. And I thought, again, this is some of these names, man. I uh you had James Harden, you had Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James. 
I thought that Emmanuel Moutier was going to be the number one player in the league. Or no, was going to be a top 10 player in the league. Top 10 player. DeMarcus Cousins, right, was fifth in scoring that year with 24.1 points a game. DeMarcus Cousins scored more than Steph Curry. Blake Griffin was eighth. Remember Blake Griffin? Klay Thompson was 10th. Dwayne Wade was still in the league, by the way. So was Damian Lillard. Monte Ellis was 19th. I said that to say, I thought that Emmanuel Moutier was going to be a top 10 player in the league. And I was looking mainly at that uh, that top, that 6'5", that and I was looking at that who mixtape. I will... Mm, mm. I will go down and saying that, that was an all-time, an all-timer as far as terrible, terrible picks. Mm. So yeah, some of there I've had. Look, this is an episode of me saying how wrong I was, and going back to some of my takes, whether on this platform or off this platform, and just saying, yeah, no, I was wrong. Again, I talk. I'm on here. I'm on here at least, or two days a week. Again, 350 episodes of me just talking. I'm going to get some things wrong. That's just that's just how it is, you know? That's just how it is. Um, Again, I thought Michael Porter, I thought Michael Carter was going to be better than Giannis. I thought they should have, I thought Golden State should have traded Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. I was in that boat. I really, I was on, I thought Allen Iverson was better than Kobe Bryant. I thought KD was better than LeBron. So it was. And the worst one is I thought Emmanuel Moutier not only was should have been number one drafted in 2015, I think I was probably the only person I thought that, but I thought that he was going to be a top 10 player in the league year one. And the man when Moody A1 taught me a lot of life lessons again. You you can't just base your whole analysis off of a hoop mixtape. So, yeah. That was basketball. Trust me. It's not just basketball. <laughs> it's 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 every sport I've had some wrong takes. Let me go to let me go to NFL. I'm not going to go to any other sport outside of basketball and NFL cuz those are where I was the most wrong at. I think to think I'm not going to talk about baseball, even though I was one of the people who thought Ron Harper or, yeah, not Ron Harper. Uh, is it Ron? Oh, damn. What's his name? Harper. Bryce Harper. I thought he was one of the greatest players of all time. That's just me being a fan of the uh, of the Nationals at the time. I know. I was wrong there, though. He was He was pretty good. <laughs> but let me go to football. Let me first start with a big one. I was, uh, I've always been a proponent of um, the coach. The coach doesn't play, obviously. The players play. But when you have a coach as great as a Bill Belichick, as great as a Greg Popovich, as great as a uh, Phil Jackson, uh, 
it is important to have a system and have a relationship between the player and the coach. It's vitally important. And there are there are some instances where the coach is just as important as the players. Now, yes, coaches are important. Don't get me wrong. But there has never been a time where a coach has been more important than LeBron James. That's just – don't get me wrong. They have been important. I think Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in basketball. Um, but LeBron James has always been the best part of that. So why am I saying all this? My first bad take. I was one of those people that thought that Tom Brady was a system quarterback. I think I even said, I might have said it on this podcast. Tom Brady is a, because when you, when we talk about how great Bill Belichick is and how Bill Belichick is arguably the greatest NFL coach of all time and you get Tom Brady in the sixth round I'm like all right like yeah this is great but and what is in fact what does a system quarterback mean that means that you only thrive because you operate or you perform the system that the coach has drawn up to perfection and if you go anywhere else you won't be as good I was one of those people that thought that Tom Brady was a system quarterback. <laughs> Obviously, I was wrong. Oops. But that is how I felt. I'm like, nah, bro. He, he's only a system quarterback. And what dispelled that, obviously, was Tom Brady going to, uh, going to Tampa Bay. Now, yes, I still believe that Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick needed Tom Brady to get to, of course, the, the highest of heights that the New England Patriots reached. But Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. He's still the GOAT when we talk about quarterbacks. Um, and it's kind of looking like Bill Belichick needed Tom Brady more, seeing as though... Bill Belichick has not come to anywhere close to the success that he came with Tom Brady or that he reached with Tom Brady. Again, and I'm not disrespecting Bill Belichick. I'm not trying to under or under appreciate either Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. But I was one of those people that thought that Tom Brady was a system quarterback. And I thought that if you threw anybody in that system, they would thrive. I said to you, you put I remember, I remember I remember saying if you put Jameis Winston in that system, he would have seven rings or he would have uh, four or five rings. I remember saying that. Look, man, I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. You know, you you can't bat a thousand every time. You can't do it. And uh, or let's say you don't do it. I don't know one person that's right. I mean, hell, everyone's usually wrong. Do you know how many people? And I'm not. And these these wrong, these things that I'm, I'm I'm bringing up, it isn't like the simple who's gonna win the championship. I mean, last year or this year, I had Golden State repeating. I had Golden State, I think, winning uh, the NBA championship against um, the Bucks. 
So I'm not really talking about those because, I mean, those are just predictions. You can get it wrong. And all these are obviously predictions as well, but you can get it wrong. Uh, but I think I did have Joel Embiid winning the NBA or winning the MVP. But, yeah, no, no, I'm getting off track. I thought that Tom Brady – or I would say that Tom Brady is a system quarterback. I would also go as far as saying that I remember I was one of the people <laughs> – I think I was one of the only people that thought that Drew Brees was going to go down as a better quarterback than Tom Brady. Again, I I thought that Tom I was one of those Tom Brady is just a system quarterback. Now, of course, we saw what happened with how many how many rings Drew Brees has and how many rings Tom Brady has, and it's just like, what are you smoking on, my guy? Again, I was I think I was more on the Bill Belichick side than Tom Brady, but. Obviously, obviously, I was wrong. And it took, again, it, it took Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and doing what he did there to have me reevaluate. No, maybe, maybe it's mostly Tom. <laughs> like, that's that's how it was. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I thought that Tom Brady was a system quarterback, man. Speaking of system quarterback, I don't feel good about this one at all. <laughs> at all. Um... I am one of the people, I, I say this a lot on this podcast. I say that fit matters. I say it a lot because it does. Any sport, if you get drafted to the right organization, if you get drafted to the wrong organization, it could drastically affect how your career ends up. Uh, for example, look at Josh Rosen. I'm not saying that Josh Rosen would have been like a top tier talent, but he continuously got put into poor situations, which ultimately altered the entire frame of his career. That's just that's just how it is. And it works. It works on both sides. It works for the positive. Look at Steph Curry. First and foremost, imagine if Steph Curry would have went to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because remember, Timberwolves drafted Johnny Flynn and Rudy, uh, Ricky Rubio, who are two point guards, Drafted him, drafted them before Steph Curry. On top of that, the Knicks were thinking about trading up to get Steph Curry. So imagine if Steph Curry would have went to the Knicks. Imagine if he would have went to Minnesota. Imagine if he would have went to the Clippers instead of Blake Griffin. Or Oklahoma City instead of James Harden. What I'm saying is, it works both ways. Steph Curry, to me, was drafted in the perfect place for him. And that is Golden State. I mean, hell, Golden State... After what two one or two years, they traded Monte Ellis for Steph Curry. So, or Monte Ellis, so that the team would be solely Steph Curry's. So I think fit matters, and I saw that to say. When we talk about NFL, fit matters in, in my opinion a little more than basketball, even though it both matters tremendously. And I was always on that side. I was. You can ask. I've said it on the podcast several times, actually. I was a Sam Darnold defender, right? I don't know why. I don't know why. But I was on that Sam Darnold train. I was like, yo, Sam Darnold was put in a horrible situation. Sam Darnold, if he was drafted to a better organization, if he, what are you supposed to do? In, in in New York 
the Jets. Like I thought, I, I just, I just knew Sam Darnold was meant for more. <laughs> I just knew in my soul that if Sam Darnold was just not New York, not wearing a, a white and green jersey, that he would be a top ten player, top ten quarterback in this league. I just knew that. So, how do you think, or the heavens opened up, the stars were aligned when Sam Darnold was traded to Carolina. You had Robbie Anderson there. Well, you had Robbie Anderson in New York, but I was like, oh, this is the time. This is the time where... Me standing on my soapbox telling everyone that Sam Darnold was, in fact, a top 10 quarterback or a top 10 quarterback talent. He was going to show the world in Carolina. And he's not he's not injury prone. He just plays for a terrible franchise that has a terrible O-line. Now you're going to a franchise that has a better O-line and better weapons. And I thought Matt Rule was a better coach at the time. Needless to say, I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Darnold was terrible, bro. I mean, again, I was wrong. I, I thought... I thought Sam Darnold was going to just, like, he was going to finally... Turned me into a prophet. He didn't. He was god-awful in Carolina. Yes, he had injuries, but when he was on the field, he maybe had one or two, maybe three good games, and then he was just terrible. He was a turnover machine, just like he was in, in, in New York. He's a, he's a bona fide backup. Uh, and if, if Sam Donald's your starter, you're not going well. Or you're not going many places. I'm almost sure that if a, a casual fan probably doesn't know where he is right now, I'm gonna tell you, he's on the 49ers. So, yeah, man, Sam Darnold, uh, boy, you can ask my man Carl because we, me, and him would have debates about this. I thought Sam Darnold was gonna be the one. I, th- I thought all you needed to do was get him out of get him out of the out of a New York Jets uniform. He would be a top ten quarterback. Put him on uh, Carolina. He looked drastically like he looked better. Don't get me wrong. He looked better, but top ten is a wild stretch. Like not even close to top ten. That's yeah, no. Mm-mm. Another one, another one I had. Y'all remember the 2017 NFL draft is widely considered one of the best NFL drafts of all time. I mean, you had Miles Garrett, you had Leonard Fournette, you had Jamal Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, Hassan Reddick, Marlon Humphreys, Jonathan Allen. Evan Ingram, you had some picks. Shadavius White, TJ Watt, Reuben Foster. 
like this was the draft, the draft of drafts. Buddha Baker, Zay Jones, Delvin Cook, Curtis Samuel. This was widely considered ever, uh, Gerald Everett. This was widely considered Joe Mixon, one of the best drafts in NFL history. I'm not. I don't know if it is or not, but Juju Smith-Schuster. Alvin Kamara was in this draft. Cooper Cup. All these players that I've named, obviously outside of a couple, have went on to be top-tier talent. Chris Godwin, Kareem Hunt, you know, Shaquille Griffin, Kenny Galladay, sort of. <laughs> you know, th- this this was James Conner. This was the Eddie Jackson. This was the draft pick. Tyree Cohen. This I'm not draft pick. This was the draft, right? George Kittle was in the fifth round. Man, this is a draft. Aaron Jones was in. Good God. Wow, that is a draft. I I completely forgot just how many good players. Patrick Richard was even undrafted. Well. 2017 is widely considered one of the greatest uh, drafts in NFL history. You've had you have former MVPs, former or you have uh, future MVPs, future defensive player of the years, future um, uh, offensive player of the years. This what this draft held. And why am I talking about this draft? Because it's very easy to. Um, it's very easy to attach yourself to a player, right? Same thing I did with the Emmanuel Moutier. I kind of did in this draft. Not to the certain, like, I would, I was dying on that Emmanuel Moutier hill. This draft, however, it's, it's, it's easy, unless you're the Bears picking Mr. Trubisky over. Uh, at the time, Patrick Mahomes wasn't as, you know, widely considered as Patrick Mahomes. It was really Mr. Trubisky and Deshaun Watson, and they picked Deshaun Watson. Or they picked Mr. Bisky for reasons. But um, it was very easy to attach yourself to a player and think that this player is going to be better than everybody else. I mean, if you look up, obviously, Miles Garrett, number one, especially at Texas A&M, he was definitely, he should have been number one. It's, it's easy. Um, but again, it was easy to attach yourself to the wrong player on this draft because, and the wrong player wouldn't even be the wrong player because this—that's how good this draft was. Unless you were me, <laughs> I watch a lot of college. Well, I watch college football a lot, but I'm not like a mega fan. Like I'm not a super fan. I watch which games are on on whatever games I can get on Saturday. I watch. If it's a big game Saturday night, I watch it. I'm not one of those people that have to get like college football league pass and have to watch Eastern Michigan play. Like I don't, I don't need to see that. I'm not the type of person that needs to watch Missouri play. Like I don't care. Like that's just how it is. If the game is on, I'll watch it. Well, I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2016-17, Michigan was on a lot. Michigan football team was good. The the Wolverines, this was one of their best teams that they've ever had. They were good. And there was a player on Michigan that was just shined a lot better than the rest. 
<laughs> and that player was Jabril Peppers. <laughs> I think you guys can see where I'm going with this. I'm going to just cut to the chase, bro. I thought Jabril Peppers was the best player in this draft by far. Like, again, and, and, and it was mainly because of just how much I watched Jabril Peppers. Now, I wasn't upset that Miles Garrett got drafted number one. I wasn't. I know, you know, when we talk about size, when we talk about just, just athleticism, when we talk about what he did at Texas A&M, I wasn't mad. But I definitely didn't think that Jabril Peppers should have went 25. I thought that Jabril Peppers had a really good shot of being a defensive player of the year, uh, had a good shot of winning the Heisman. Like, I was kind of kind of the same way I was with Emmanuel Moutier. I was with Jabril Peppers. Obviously, I was wrong. I've grown from this. But, yeah, no. I, I said T.J. Watt who? Like, Jadavius what Jonathan Allen what Hassan Deshaun well I wanted Deshaun Watson to go number number one and number two but Marlon Humphreys like Patrick Mahomes who the hell is this Christian well Christian McCaffrey was cold at Stanford but Christian McCaffrey bruh why are all these bums I remember I said this too I said why are all these play why are these people getting drafted over Jabril Peppers am I missing something Obviously, I was the only person missing something. <laughs> oh, boy. I said Jabril Pepper should have went before Patrick Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey. Mm-mm. That's funny to me. That's funny. I was Look, man, this is me just saying that you're not always going to be right, and that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. My last one before I go, before I let you go. Because I feel a little weird. This whole episode has been me uh, highlighting my faults. <laughs> like a, like an hour episode of me just saying how, how trash I have been in some of my takes. Doesn't feel right. I said that Allen Iverson is my favorite athlete of all time. And again, this I promise you this is where I'll leave you guys. I said Allen Iverson was my Favorite athlete of all time. I mean, I have an Allen Iverson tattoo. My favorite football player of all time. My my the, my my favorite football player to watch was Calvin Johnson. I think I will go down to saying that, and I still to this day think that Calvin Johnson was a top five wide receiver of all time. If I'm wrong about that, definitely even the comments will argue with it. Cool. I think that Calvin Johnson, especially seeing with how, you know, what he had to work or, you know, the, the, the what the Detroit Lions were, I think that Calvin Johnson is a top five wide receiver of all time. He's my favorite. I'm not saying he's the best. Of course, I know that, you know, Randy Moss and Jerry Rice and um, T.O. Is, is probably better than him. But Megatron, Calvin Johnson will go down as my favorite football player of all time. I don't know if you guys remember. Calvin Benjamin in college, playing along playing at Florida State, playing alongside Jameis Winston, he had You know how they have like the draft comps? His comp was Calvin Johnson. 
How t- in fact, how tall was Calvin Benjamin? Huh? Calvin Benjamin. Calvin Benjamin was 6'5". Goddamn. How tall Calvin Johnson? Calvin Johnson is 6'5". I thought that I was I was on the train, man. I I watched him win a national championship with Florida State. I watched some incredible games. Uh, I mean, you, I remember the incredible catch that he made over Cle- in Clemson uh, against Clemson. Uh, I was on the Calvin Benjamin train. I thought that Calvin Benjamin was going to be the next Calvin Johnson. Um. Now, of course, I didn't foresee a whole eating problem. I didn't foresee him literally eating his way out of the wide receiver position into a tight end position. And I just didn't see it. I, I did Obviously, I didn't see what was going to become of his NFL career. But I thought that Calvin Benjamin was going to be the next Calvin Johnson. Mind you, Calvin Johnson is my favorite player of all time. And I thought he was going to be it. Yeah. So there you have it. <laughs> that has been that has been today's episode. I would love to know you guys' worst takes. I would like to know what hill were you guys dying on, and then now you look and say I was drastically wrong. What what were some of your sports takes that you obviously know is at this point like you were steadfast in it. But now if you look up, you know it's wrong. What are some of you guys' takes? Leave it in the comments. Leave it on social media. We'll talk about it. I, I want to hear. I don't, I know I'm not the only person that's wrong, obviously. I want to know where you guys are wrong at. Leave it in the comments. We'll talk about it, man. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your unpopular podcast merch today. You definitely will not regret it. Also, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers. I am almost, almost there. I appreciate everyone that that has subscribed and that will subscribe. It definitely, definitely means a lot to me. Uh, also, uh, follow the socials. Follow uh, Instagram. Follow TikTok. I post pretty much daily, where you can get you know exclusive reels. You can get stories. You can get. We will, anytime I respond, whether that's YouTube, whether that's uh, social media, that's me. So we are having we are having an engagement. So you know, and just keep it respectful, and I'll definitely respond, whether you agree with my take or not. Keep it respectful. We will. I'll respond. But please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to uh, the socials. I definitely, definitely appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. <laughs>